So, Blake, we've been doing this for, what, like, we've been trying to beat the podcast Illuminati for, what, like, eight weeks now, and... It's been longer than I feel than we've it's actually been, been doing the podcast. they looked at me, back to back, said, I said, I'm sorry. I mean, we haven't even really heard from them anymore, right? Yeah, so maybe we're good, but, yeah. like, I don't know. They wanted us to have, like, five billion listeners, and I think we've gotten... Hold on, let me check. Yeah, that's two. They've we've gotten two new listeners since. So oh. that's I mean, there's a start. Uh yeah, you know, it's all about you know what? I know exactly what we can do. We okay. need to add to the BS network. Let's start some more shows in here. I've got a pitch, I've got a premise. Let's do the pilot right now. Wait, hold on. Wait, so you're just saying fuck this show. It's a wash. Start a brand new show. Yep, and Scotty, I'm gonna need you to pick your favorite play. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Play It Again. I'm your host, Blake Tanner, and today I'm joined by my special guest, the specialist guest, my buddy, co-host of the BS... Scotty Moore. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do on this side of the... Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> this is also, to uh, to keep up with the... I'm trying to be like you are on most of the episodes, so I haven't prepared for this at all. <laughs> Alright, that's good. Um, I'm trying to keep up like... I do my normal shit, so neither have I. So here we go. Yeah! <laughs> no, right. this is a show where we talk about plays. I have an extensive acting background. I love reading plays. I love performing plays. And I thought, why don't we just have a podcast that talks about plays? We go through the plot summary. We, we kind of dissect it. We talk about what we like about it, what we don't like about it, what characters we love, how we would stage it, who we would cast... And we all go through it in one episode per play. One play per episode. You know what I mean. Alright, I once did a th- I once did play. So, you- I mean, I'm good on this too, man. You got the best person on this show. I'm a regular Ian did- McDowell or whatever the fuck his oh. name is. And that's, that's the one thing about this podcast. The guest picks the plays. So, Scotty, what's your play? Well, Blake, I mean, I went through my extensive list of plays that I know, and that meant plays that have been made into movies and also Hamilton. <laughs> and finally, I, I settled on... Uh, pro- I honestly think it might have been the first musical I ever saw, and that is Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop, Little Shop of Terror. It's a wonderful play. I love this one. It's probably one of the first musicals I saw, too. Yeah. What's well, because it kind of tricks you? Because like, I mean, I guess technically Disney movies count as musicals in a way, but like, I guess this is the first thing that I've seen that was adapted from a mo- from a stage play into a movie. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And it's a banger. Yeah. Well, I mean, it tricked me because like. You don't ex- you just see Little Shop of Horrors and I'm like, oh, it's this cool comedy from the 80s. Let's get into why the fuck are they all singing? And they sing, and there's a big plant. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's the kind of movies I love are movies that play with tropes. Like, my favorite horror movie is Cabin in the Woods because that's the one where it just looks at all horror movies. And it's not insulting the horror movies, it's just saying, 
hey, y'all do this a lot, so we're going to call this up. And I think Little Shop kind of does the same, where it takes all of those generic, like, horror movie tropes and turns it on its ear. It does. It was, And some of the um, stuff that I've been reading is just how much of an old-style B-movie it feels like. Like, oh, that's yeah. kind of the entire... Like, that's really the aesthetic that you get from watching this. Um, and so you've never actually seen a stage-performed version of this, have you? Oh, no, of course not. I have not lived near a place that could afford the puppet for that big-ass plant boy. That is fair. I've never seen this on stage live, but I have seen recordings of... Um, there's a university uh, around us that did it probably around 10 12 years ago now yeah and we got to see a recorded version of that so that's the closest i've come to seeing this one on stage so we're doing a real good job of that one here we're doing great so far buddy Uh, like i mean yeah i've seen like clips of live performances but i've never seen it actually go live but i also think this is like the first which, by the way, speaking of Disney movies, as I did a few minutes ago, uh, the guy who wrote the music for this, do you know who it is? Um, I don't know. It's Alan Menken, the guy who did the music for, like, Beauty and the Beast and, like, all the Disney movies of the 90s. So he started with this, then this weird B-movie bullshit, then moved to Disney. It's a real James Gunn situation, except Twitter didn't exist back then. Oh my god, he also... He composed the scores for Little Shop, Newsies. Yeah. Um, he did, like you said, a ton of Disney movies and Sausage Party. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot he did Sausage Party. <laughs> Alan. 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 Why? Alan, please. Oh, God. All right. Let's get into just... Um, well, before you do that, I do want to say, I feel like... This play opened the doors for all of the buck wild horror movie, B movie, like musicals that come out after this. Yeah. So, like, this paved the way for Bat Boy. This paved the way for Evil Dead the musical. Like, without this play, a lot of my favorite plays would not exist. Mm hmm. It did break a lot of molds when it came out. And I was surprised to find out, um, for the first time when I found out that it was based off of the original musical was based off of a movie from 1960. Yeah. Which, um, is a, just a black and white film directed by Roger Corman of the same name, the little shop of horrors. And it's basically the same story just in a 1960s black and white movie, which I've seen this and it ain't bad. I mean, the only reason I know it is the scene where Jack Nicholson goes full... I think it's the first role where Jack Nicholson really got to go full Jack Nicholson <laughs> and just have an orgasm while some dude was working on his teeth. Yeah. Um, did you know in the movie that was Bill Murray? Yeah, I knew that was Bill Murray. Okay, I, I've completely forgotten about the like the uh, the 80s movie. Yeah. Um, I completely blacked it out of my mind until I was reading the cast list, and I was like... Oh man, that was that was Bill Murray in that chair. Mm-hmm. And he loved it. Well, I mean that the reason I remember is because I literally watched that scene right before we started because the dentist is probably my fa it comes out of nowhere and also is my favorite thing in the movie. <laughs>
But yeah, we should probably do a plot first. Yeah, so just just lay it all out for me. Just just give it to me. Just hit me hard with that plot. So in the nineteen seven fucking some uh time the early nineteen sixties, I totally knew that. Wikipedia uh-huh. didn't tell me. We're going into an area of New York City called Skid Row, and it's a real sketchy neighbor. It's so sketchy that Johan... I was about to call him Johann Sebastian Bach, but no, just Sebastian Bach made a band with the name. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of just this sketchy area, and we go into this plant shop mm-hmm. owned by a man who has... The best name to say in a thick New York accent, and that's Mr. Mushnick. Mr. Mushnick. Mr. Mushnick! My God. God! And in the plant shop, there's a guy who's basically like the son of Mushnick. Like, I think there's even a scene where he's like, you're like a son to me, my boy. And uh, his name is, of course, Seymour. Is the song um, Mushnick and Son in the movie version? No, it's not in the movie, so. I, I didn't think so, which really sucks because I love that song as part of the score, too. Yeah. But um, also, in the intro, I like to point out because um, we are introduced to the Greek chorus. Yes! Of- Crystal, Ronette, and Chiffon, who sing us into this world, literally, with their prologue song. They, and they, it's not like a Greek chorus, this is like some women at a black church in the fucking Louisiana just getting it, and it's my favorite kind of musical music, is that kind of, like that smooth jazz. Yeah, this, this, this musical, it's got a lot of, like... R&B and jazz influence and a lot of rock influence, which you didn't really see at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's all just kind of mishmashed together in with some, like, I guess what you would say, like, normal musical fare, and it makes a really good um, mishmash of a soundtrack. Mishmash Mushnick. <laughs> That's him. And so you meet Seymour, you meet Mr. Mushnick, and then you meet... I'm trying to say this politely... The most annoying fucking woman on this planet, and her okay. name is Audrey. So first, tell me a little bit about uh, Mushnik and Seymour. Well, I mean, they're they are like a father and son, but, like, not really. Mm-hmm. I don't know, is the backstory ever explored between those two, or is it just like Seymour has no one in his life, and so his boss became his dad at one point? Um, so how it happens in the actual stage musical is, um, Seymour is an orphan, I believe, and he was taken in by Mr. Mushnik to work in his flower shop because he had no one else, and he basically works for as dirt cheap as it could come, which is everything that Mr. Mushnick is into, because, as we may hopefully get into later, Mr. Mushnick is his own stereotype for, of, of a certain... A certain group of people? Uh-huh. Um, it's really highlighted in the song Mushnick and Son, which I guess could be a reason why you would cut it. Yeah. Although I doubt... It would be much of a reason in 1986, but... Look, don't make fun of Mr. Krabs. 
Um, and so Seymour has an unrequited. Oh, I mean, I guess it might be. It's eventually requited crush on Audrey. And then Audrey. Mr. Mushnick one day comes in and is like, Well, guys, we're not making the money we used to. I have to close the flower place. And then Seymour says, No way. Or, no, no. I think Audrey comes up with the idea of, No, no, wait. We need. Oh, God, her voice. I'm hearing it in my head. It's giving me a migraine. She's like, You need to put uh, Seymour's new plant on display, and everyone will come see it. And this is where the play goes so buck fucking wild that I couldn't. It was physically impossible for me not to love it. Because it is revealed that apparently Seymour bought some weird plant from an old Asian lady in her store. Yep. Um, I think he goes on to tell the story um, in more detail later. Um, in the movie, it was John Candy, wasn't it? That was the uh, the DJ that was like, where'd yeah. you get this weird plant from? Yeah, exactly. And then that's when the chorus really comes in with the best lyric, which is just, da-dum, da-dum. And that's the title of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also sing... Um, as oh, it's the, da-doo. I'm sorry. Da-doo, not da-dum. Oh, da-doo. A very important distinction. They'll get on you for that in the literary yeah. community. Um, but they also sing the song um, Skid Row. Oh, yeah. Well, that's before all of this. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's that's a very good song as well, because, like, I love songs and musicals that set the scene, and Skid Row does it perfectly. It's just like, this place is garbage, this guy's a little asshole, uh, he likes her, fucking play, go. Yep. If you're here, everything sucks and everyone hates you. Yep. And that was Skid Row. Yeah, and so, uh... Oh, wait, I forgot how many things they threw in. He bought it from a Chinese lady in a flower shop, also during a solar eclipse. As if they had to come up with a backstory and were like, hold on, let's let's throw as much in here. Also, a radioactive biter, spider bit the plant. I mean, Scotty, you've got to get in one of the most memorable parts of the musical when he's like, I was just walking down the street one day, and all of a sudden there was a total eclipse of the sun. Oh, yeah. So, uh, after this, uh, he kind of goes out, he kind of becomes famous with his plant, but then his plant's not dying, like, it's not growing, it's just this little baby plant, oh no, what's gonna happen? Oh, and then he pricks his finger. During a great song. During a great song, a little bit of it gets on the plant, and the plant, num num num, eats it up, and then... He basically has this sad, like, this sad song where he's having to realize he has to feed this plant his own blood. I'll give you a few drops, if that will appease. Oh, please. Please grow for me. And that's the name of the song. He just wants this plant to grow because it's dying and it's a little tiny plant. But it looks like a big mouth still. And that's not going to tip anyone off, right? It does look like the fucking Mario guy coming out of the... It does look like a piranha plant. Yeah, thank you. Um, um, so, so wait, do you mean that Audrey 2 is going to be featured as a uh, 
an alternate skin for the piranha plant in the new Smash Brothers game? Yes, he is. <laughs> um, uh, so, so basically, no, what it's going to be is one of the alternate is Waluigi, and people are like, wait, what? He's been here all along. <laughs> he was in disguise as a piranha plant. He jumps out of the plant halfway through the match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, also, yeah, as Blake said, he does name the plant Audrey 2, which, I mean, if I was Audrey, I'd be like, that's kind of fucking creepy, but all right, that's cool, man, just do this. Yeah, Audrey, as a character, she's not the most, um... There are well-rounded heroines in the theater, Blake. Strong characters who have emotional depth, like a Lady Macbeth, she's not exactly a hero, but, you know, she has, like aroundness to her uh audrey is as flat as a piece of fucking paper she is a enemy in paper mario she is so thin i would honestly say that the um the chorus of crystal ronette and chiffon are much more like well-rounded and cognizant yeah of the world than audrey is but i think that's also part of why the story kind of goes the way it does just because of Audrey's own, like, I hate, yeah, I hate, and I hate to call it that, it's just like, she is very one-dimensionally written. Although, you have to, you've got to think, that may have been a conscious decision from the writers, because they're essentially parodying the 1960s film, so... Nerdy guy, make him as nerdy as possible, don't give him much depth, um, yep. angry Jewish owner, make him like money, blonde bimbo, make sure she's dumb, um, so yeah, that's, I feel like that's why they did it, I think it was a conscious decision. And I've seen, um, in the musical itself, I remember, like, she's still kind of got a lot of those qualities, but she at least has more depth in her actual dialogue. Yeah. Um, and... Honestly, like, I, I think this goes for everyone since we're talking mainly about the movie um, version for the plot. There's some weak singers in the movie version. Like, if you listen, <laughs> if you listen to an actual stage version with even just like semi-decent singers, <laughs> it changes so much Wait, about the show. No, 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 save this because there's one specific song from the movie. That I want us to break down how bad they are doing it, because it's a beautiful song. Oh, are you about to get to it, or? Uh, um, no, it's gonna be in a few. Okay. But, so, Seymour takes Audrey 2 on this big tour of the world, interviewing on different radio shows, but Audrey, she misses the broadcast due to, I was just handcuffed a little. By her sadistic, mean-spirited boyfriend, Oren Scrivello. Fuck me, that is a name. I also love how this is a fun read-along, since we both got the, uh, the Wikipedia article open. What makes you say that? Anyways, the three girls then suggest Audrey Tupper. <laughs> but, um... No, this is this brings up one of the weirdest relationships in the entire show, and that is... Just kind of Audrey and Oren. Yeah. And it does introduce Oren, but not quite yet. No, no, no. Because Oren gets the best introduction in this entire play. 
Um, so Audrey sings somewhere that's green and is like, I wish I lived in a house with a green, with green, house no, with green. No, listen, I don't know about who this Audrey <laughs> is, but when I sing it, it had heart in it. And you are he's... genuinely making Family Guy references seriously. Don't. This is uh, one of the best um, skits uh, from a Family Guy like, episode ever anyway. I think that one is probably the only one I can get away with making in 2018, specifically when we're talking about the show that they got the song from. Yeah. And uh, also, it's been a while since I did that voice. I just wanted to see if I could still pull it out. Oh, yeah. So Audrey 2 keeps growing. Seymour becomes famous and shit. And then... In the film, the best fucking scene with the best actor as it's revealed Oren's career. You'll be a dentist. You have a talent for causing things. be a Just seeing Steve Martin in that fucking black wig. Seeing Steve Martin without, like, gray hair is weird. It was but weird. But also doing a bad Elvis impression during the whole thing. Yep, because once again, I love Steve Martin. He's a horribly talented person. Hey, I really had to tone down that, that song. Because there's a lot of, like, the lot that I've seen that can be done with um, that song. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Dentist what? is probably one of my favorite songs from the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, easily, dude. Because, of course, it's comically revealed that he was an asshole as a kid, and his mom said, well, I hope you find something where you can do what you do best. I Which think that when big. he talks about finding pussycats and bashing in their heads, it goes a little beyond asshole. <laughs> Oh, do you remember that moment when I just poisoned all of those guppies and I just murdered those fish for no reason? Yeah, I'm kind of an asshole. That guy's kind of a dick. You know that guy with all the... You see that guy with all the Nazi tattoos? Yeah, he's a real asshole. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. I heard he started chopping off people's hands. That fucking <laughs> asshole. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> Dickhole. Oh, he stabbed me through the heart. Darren, you fucking prick. Fucking Darren, damn it, you dick. God, my blood is everywhere. Garrett, Garrett, please. Garrett, Garrett. All right, we need to shut up because we're getting to the most infamous scene and my favorite song from the film. It is probably, like, one of the most well-known songs from this because... Yeah, because... I mean, of course it is. Because of what? fucking happens up until this point you don't really expect this to happen yeah because you know he's got this plant and he's feeding it blood every day he's like really weak and then um let's see what would be the next logical step oh yeah the plant fucking talks now mm, and hold on and that's just, no let's just get a little taste of it does it have to be human Feed me. Does it have to be mine? Feed me. Where am I supposed to get it? Feed me, Seymour. Feed me all night long. 
Oh, and we didn't talk about this before we played the clip, but the plant does have, like, this smooth jazz, like, hey, boy, what you doing today? Yeah, and I've read a lot on the premise of the plant, like, specifically being cast, you know, the parts that the plant has, the style that um, it sings, and... Yeah. It's so good. Oh, man. It's like this perfect idea of, okay, the plant talks. There's no way it can get any weirder, right? Mm, No, baby. It's about to get worse. What if it's like, you know, with a baby, like if you have a southern accent and you raise a baby, the baby will have a southern accent because it learns from you. What if this plant did the exact opposite and learned the way Seymour talks and was like, what's the exact opposite of the way that fucking nerd talks? Mm -hmm. And this is also the point where the plant, I mean, it's literally start, it becomes the tempter. It is a horrid temptress asking Seymour, if you want me to stay alive, you kind of keep feeding me blood. You want to keep being famous. He turns into, like, a genie from the lamp, and he's like, I can get you money, fame, girls, one particular girl, I can get you Audrey. And it's like, uh, what? How you, what? Okay, plant. But my favorite line from all of it, firstly, I know we said there's no strong singers, and for most of it, Rick Moranis is not a strong singer, but there's that one moment during the I don't knows at the end of Feed Me. Oh, yeah. Because most of the movie, he's just like, this is my singing voice. I'm Rick Moranis. And then he's just like, I don't know. Come on, boy. I don't know. He like, does wait, start to get it in that moment. He just kills it in that moment. But no, my favorite line comes from him. And it is, maybe I'd like a Harley machine tooling around like I was James Dean making all the fellas on the corner turn green. Like he delivers it in the most nerdy style. God. Uh, now, I will also say that um, Audrey 2 is fantastic yes. because Audrey, the voice of Audrey 2 was none other than Levi Stubbs. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Yes, me, don't worry about it, baby. Now, Blake, what, what exactly do you think he meant by a Harley machine? Because it could be motorcycle, but who knows? Maybe they make other things that we don't know about. No, yeah, in the 60s, Harley's ma- Harley made tractors, probably. <laughs> they made refrigerators. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to drive around in my Harley refrigerator. No, it just said tooling around in my Harley machine, so he's just repairing the Harley machine. <laughs> this isn't uh. cold enough. My refrigerator, oh jeez, my refrigerator broke again. Oh man. I'm Seymour, that's my life. All the guys on the corner are green from my cold food, though. Now, um, we are skipping around a little bit, but this is also kind of close to in the point, um, right afterwards in the musical, yeah. where they do sing Mushnick and Son. Okay. And this is, um... Basically, the fact that Mr. Mushnick, uh, no, actually, I think it's after, 
it's after the next Dennis bit, so I'll let you get on with that. Yeah, so essentially, the plant at one point is just like, surely there's somebody who deserves to die? Which is like the easiest way to get someone to do a murder, because I mean, who doesn't know somebody? Anyways. It's, it's like, hmm, I can get you Audrey... Maybe there's someone that needs to die that we've already set up to be the worst possible person on the earth. Yeah. That would be the easiest to get rid of and no one would really care. Maybe let's... Nah, he's just kind of an asshole. He's just... (laughs) No, that guy's just kind of an asshole, man. He handcuffs her and beats her while drowning cats in the background. I know, he's kind of a prick, but it's okay. He's a right bastard, but you know... And then, of course, you've got the the plant that's like, yeah, just come on, kill this person, kill him, chop him up, feed him to me, literally, and you'll be fine. I mean, you're going to be kind of an asshole, but it's all right. (laughs) So I'm kind of an asshole, too, buddy. It's okay. So he makes an appointment to go to the dentist, and he fucking brings a gun, which, wow, zero to 100, Rick Moranis. And so, um, that is also the scene where in the original 1960s film, it was Jack Nicholson. Then in this, the modern film, it was Bill Murray and numerous different actors over the years, who is a, uh, masochist. Or is it, it's masochist, right? I get them mixed yeah. up. Uh, and he's just trying to get the dentist to do the dirtiest shit in the world. He's like, I'd like a root canal, please. Please just give me what I need, doctor. Give me that sweet pain. Uh, oh man so that scene happens it's such a weird scene it's such a good scene though (laughs) yeah this film is almost like i don't know you've seen Step Brothers, right yeah you know how it's kind of like a bunch of skits with a plot line running through it that's what parts of this film feel like is i know we were doing this whole thing about plants and outer space and shit but like we need to see this creepy fuck get out of the dentist. Yeah, it's gonna be... Holy shit. I'm gonna do a sidebar here, but I just realized that the first time I've, I'd ever seen Step Brothers was when I was over at your place. And we were doing, like, I guess pilot work for a podcast or something. Cause what? what? We were... And it wasn't even one of your apartments. I was at your house in Oxford... And we just watched Step Brothers. <laughs> I think that's when the one that we listened to on like the 49th, there was an episode of BS where we listened to that one because that was the one we listened to in the car. Anyways, yeah. back to Seymour and shit. So uh, he goes in, but he can't get up the courage to shoot a man in cold blood because he's a normal fucking human being. He's not kind of an asshole. Oh, he's just not. Oh, look at you, Seymour. You're just a nice guy. I bet if people got to know you. Yeah, and so um, then it's revealed that the dentist really loves laughing gas, I guess, and then oh, has yeah. like this intense mask that constantly gives him laughing gas. But yeah. in in the uh, in his laughing stupor, he breaks the handle, and it's now killing him with laughing gas. So, <laughs> which so point- what he does to bring up this the whole laughing gas thing, like. He knows that Seymour and Audrey work together, and he's like the first one that picks up, oh, he's got a thing for my girl. I'm going to make him feel some real pain. 
But then he kind of reveals that he loves to be on Laughing Gas when he works on special cases or some shit because he loves the high of causing pain while on Laughing Gas. Right. Which so, is also a Buck Wild thing. Yes. But par for the course. Yeah, so, and then basically Seymour turns into Rorschach where a laughing dentist looks up to him and says, save me, and he quietly whispers, no. No. And then his dying gasps, the dentist, and it's the most memorable line of the movie, he just goes, Seymour, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> Damn it, I knew that was coming, too. I'm not going to get out of the asshole pit, am I? No. That's all right. That's going to be the last one. Yeah, so then um, after after he drags the body, he feeds it back to the plant. But he, like, dismembers it to... The plant is huge. I think he could have just, like, gulped it in one, but he chops it up, which I considered very nice. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, Mushnik comes upon it and then runs away because he's afraid. And I guess, is that where Mushnik and Son comes in? No, I guess it's before then. But either way, so there's a point in the um, stage version where Mushnik is kind of having his doubts because he thinks that Seymour is going to leave him and take all of his fame with the plant and stuff um, and just leave him high and dry because, you know, the plant um, is bringing in business to the flower shop. Right. So Mushnik comes up with the idea, Seymour, how would you like to be my son? How would you like to be my one and only boy? And this is the moment where I realize... Because he starts throwing in Yiddish phrases and words throughout this whole song. And like, oh, wow, this is when they really leaned into the Jewish stereotype. Yeah. So, um, after and this. So, that's the point where Mushnik adopts Seymour. And for the rest of the play, Seymour kind of feels beholden to Mushnik. Until Mushnik comes upon Seymour literally feeding someone to the plant. And I think it was supposed to be in the film, because I think in the deleted scenes on the DVD I have, they do have this scene. So, after Feed the I would say, listen to that song. Okay. So now Audrey 2 is fucking huge, because instead of having drips of blood from some nervous nerd, he had a whole body. Um, And it grows to be like, man, that puppet, though. The puppet's so good. Just talk about the puppet for a second. Well, hold on. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Surprise, surprise. And let me count. One, two, three, four, five. Fucking at least, like, 16 people was required to operate this puppet, my dude. Yep. Um, whereas on some of the stage versions I've seen, um, I God, I wish there was a physical way I could show you, but some of them are, there is, for the big plant... There's just one person operating the yeah. mouth, and it is literally by them being, like, moving their body in, like, a toe touch to make the mouth move and open, like, where his uh, their arms and upper body is opening the top part of the yeah. um, plant, and their legs are controlling the bottom part, and... What the fuck? I thought you meant they were doing some baby shark, daddy shark bullshit. And we're just like, daddy shark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after this uh, comes the scene that, God, Blake, it's such a good song. 
But in the movie... <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's explain it. Uh, before Oren got done killed by a plant by some kind of asshole, Audrey was like, I wish she would just disappear! I wish she would be out of here! And then afterwards, she's like, I shouldn't have said I wish she disappeared! I feel like some kind of asshole! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> you got me to it! Seymour yeah. <laughs> <And then laughs> leads over. And I don't know why, but in the movie, they turn their accents up to 11 for this song. They're like, lift up your face, wipe off your mascara. Oh, man. <laughs> and this is what leads us into Suddenly Seymour, the most heavily accented song in the whole play. So I don't... Suddenly Seymour! Oh, I don't know if it's... If Little Shop actually has a, a city, an actual city that it's set in, but this is the part where they're like... Oh yeah, you just want to go full downtown? We're gonna go full downtown. I, it's it's Skid Row, New York. That's, okay, that's what it says. Um, but yeah, the minute he said mascara, I'm like, ah, this is gonna be one of those fucking songs. Then okay. <laughs> and they and this really is, I'll say, it's not my favorite song, but it's probably the most sung song from yeah. this show that you see out in the world. I've heard, like, three people all sing it before. Because <laughs> it's, like, a good song, and it's not a difficult one to hit the notes on, so it's, like, True, a very yeah. good song to have in your roster. Yeah, it's a good singing song. But, like, my favorite is the fact that I'm so worried, I'm I'm mad because Oren's dead, I can't believe it. And somehow the fact that Seymour's next to her is supposed to affirm her that it's okay, but suddenly Seymour is standing behind you. I've been watching for ages, waiting to make my move. Hachi Machi. White Knight Seymour. <laughs> I defend you on Twitter. <laughs> Never met you in real life. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is a goddess. <laughs> oh, man. Hold up. That one got me. <laughs> Alexa played Despacito. <laughs> oh. Uh this this is something I'd like to bring up, though, because I said it before, but Seymour brings up a lot of the, what we stereotype nowadays as, like, the nice guy attitude. Yep. And I feel like it sucks because Seymour doesn't have the um, qualities that you see in it of what we'd say as a nice guy today because he doesn't. He gives and gives and gives because he's truly trying to be a kind person and he doesn't expect anything in return until he starts feeding the plant. At which point he's like, I'm famous now. Let's go. Wipe off your mascara. Clean yourself up. Clean yourself up. Um, that night, Mushnick is like, I fucking saw you chop up a dentist. Like some kind of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Seymour, I always thought you were a good boy. I thought you would be my son. But now you're just some kind of asshole. asshole. Um, 
So holds him at gunpoint, threatens to throw him in jail, and then is just like, "No, you're my son. You're like a son to me. I'll let you leave town, but give me the fucking big ass deadly plant that kills people." <laughs> Which, what kind of fucking logic is that, dude? <laughs> that's a weird one right there, and that's that also is the point where Seymour has to make a choice to be a nice guy. Or some kind of asshole. asshole. Here we go. <laughs> and we know what he chooses as Mushnik backs up into Audrey 2 and Audrey 2 eats him whole. Yep. Oh, fuck. To the song Supper Time, which is like this smooth jazz, kinda sexy song. Oh no. It's I forgot it was like that. It's Supper Time. I'm about to eat this old man whole. Audrey, come over. Let's fuck, girl. Oh, dip. This is bringing me into new places that I never wanted to go into. <laughs> um. So Audrey keeps getting bigger and bigger because that's how plants. Audrey work. too. Not 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 regular Audrey. Oh <laughs> no, it's both of them. No, Audrey too keeps going, getting bigger and bigger, keeps eating and eating. Um, Seymour kind of wants to run away and leave Audrey to starve. Yep. Audrey, too, to starve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, um, Audrey, too, is like, well, I want food! Before you leave, I want food! And he's like, fine, I'll get you meat from a butcher. And so he leaves to go get him meat. Audrey, too, is like, it's not the same, Mom! <laughs> It's like a name brand versus a store brand. Come on. <laughs> what do you want? Pizza! <laughs> pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. <laughs> pizza in the summertime. What oh, are these fucking Fruitios, Mom? I want Fruit Loops. <laughs> They're the same, son. They're the same. It's not, Mom. It's not the same, Mom. <laughs> these are GoBots. Fuck you. What transformers? <laughs> so okay, while Audrey Two's throwing a fucking fit because he got uh, transmorphers instead, yep, he decides to call Audrey One, bring her in the shop, and then tries to eat her. And this is the point where he quite like mimics uh, Oren's voice or something, or Audrey thinks like Oren. What are you doing? I'm happy you got the voice down already. Yeah. So, uh, is about to eat her, then Seymour shows up, and this is where things kind of change. Yeah, this is where the plots diverge. Yes! <clears throat> As it were. Marty! Marty, I've brought in this, and you see, this is the point where a lot of American audiences got very upset and they had to change it. <laughs> yes, the testing audience for the movie did not like the way that the stage play ends. Yeah, would you like to take that one and I'll take the normal yeah. one? So, um, at the end of the musical, um, during this, they play Supper Time 2. So, um, this is when Audrey 2 attacks Audrey, tries to eat her, then she's rescued by Seymour, but Audrey is mortally wounded, um, and she is dying, and she tells her as her last wish to for Seymour to feed her to the plant, so that he she dies and they can always be together. 
Well. Well. Um, this is when they play the Somewhere That's Green, the reprise. And, um, Seymour feeds Audrey to the plant and falls asleep. Yeah. This is when, um, so the next day, a representative from World Botanical Enterprises comes and he tells Seymour, Seymour, your, world, your plant's taking over the world. Everyone wants a little Audrey 2 in their own home. So we're going to take some cuttings and we're going to grow our own Audrey 2s for everyone. And this, hap- this happens in the movie as it well. It does. Um, they're going to be an Audrey 2 in every windowsill. And, but Seymour, he finally grows a fucking conscious. <laughs> choice once again and he's like you know i'm tired of being some kind of asshole he's like what do i look like some kind of asshole i do look like some kind of asshole so he decides that he's gonna try to kill the plant um he tries to shoot it with his gun which is nice because that means the gun that he brings out earlier in the play is actually used thus making Chekhov very happy it's a real Chekhov's gun (laughs) exactly he tries to cut it up with a machete and throwing poison in the plant the plant is too tough to cut and it spits out the poison so seymour in his last desperate attempt runs into the plant with his machete thinking that he'll be able to kill it from the inside yeah but he don't because you hear the plant go making some nom 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 and he spits out the machete okay and this is when the um this is where shit gets buck wild. Yeah, this is when our doo-wop chorus comes in with the uh, with the botanical dude, and they're like, alright, let's get these cuttings. I, I guess Seymour's gone. Oh well, I'm just gonna... I'll do this without his consent. Um, I am some kind of asshole, yes. <laughs> but, this seems legal. Yep. So then everyone starts singing a real sad song at the idea of... Audrey 2's taking over the world, and then the plant grows these red flowers, and it's the faces of everyone that the plant has eaten, and they keep start singing to the audience, don't feed the plants, don't feed the plants, everyone, until the pl- or the plants will get you, and depending on the show that you saw, off bro- on Broadway, they made it look like the plant was coming to eat the audience, off Broadway they just had tendrils falling into the audience. That's made it look awesome. like the plant was gonna grab him up. But fuck. Then this is like, oh, the plant's gonna take over now. Good job, Seymour. And in the movie, the the original ending version of it, had them fucking, like, climb onto famous cities and ascending, like, the Statue yeah. of Liberty and shit. There's one that I remember very vividly is, like, there's just an Audrey 2 that bursts out of a subway train. Yep. And it's like, where are all these plants coming from? Now, Do see, they not need soil? Now see, Blake, that's that's that ending. But then everyone was like, that's a little bit sad. Uh-huh. Think we could do something else? I don't know, this might work with all those uh, pretentious theater fucks, but I'm not jiving with it. And see, that was, uh, that was when the director was f- confronted with the same problem that I think Michael Bay was confronted with. When he wanted to make a new Ninja Turtles movie. By the way. And that was. Did, did, oh, sorry. And that was. Let's turn them into fucking aliens. Aliens. By the way, did you know that the movie was directed by Frank Oz? That makes sense. That tracks. That tracks. Yep. Um, And here's how you learn Audrey 2 is from outer space. 
he tells you in a song entitled, I'm just a mean green mother from outer space and I'm bad. Mean green bad. Yep. Oh, God, it's such a weird shoehorned-in thing, but... The, um... It's not... Like you said, it's not originally an alien. In the original 60s movie, like, he made it from just experimenting with plants. Yeah. Um, and I guess... And the musical originally doesn't... Uh, bring up the concept of where the plant is from that much. And then this one was just like, fucking aliens, man! Fucking aliens! Um, the 2018 London revival actually did include the song Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Fuck yes. <laughs> um, and then Seymour grabs an electrical cable, electrocutes Audrey too, and everyone's happy, and then finally Audrey gets her house with green, green grass. Mm-hmm. But wait. What? Pan out. And inside that green, green grass is a fucking tiny Audrey, too. So wait, you mean inside all of that green, green grass is a little mean green mother from out of the space that I'm back. Mean green Opening the doors for Little Shop 2. Still shopping. Still an asshole. Still kind of an asshole. Uh, so, Blake, I think we want to get into a little bit more about this, but before we do that, would you like to beg for money? Let us beg for money! So, ladies and gentlemen, this week's show is brought to you by Patreon.com. That means this show is brought to you by you, listeners, just like you at Patreon.com slash BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the website where you can go and support all your favorite BS Network programs from a load of BS to apparently fucking play it again to all of these new shows. It's your support that lets us keep creating brand new shows. And you get perks, you get access to our exclusive Discord, you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like the Patreon saint herself Deborah Moore, like Scott Moore, we uh, we are going to have an in-memoriam. She's not dead, but she did cancel her Patreon, and that is Miss Jenny Side. Thank you for your support over the years, Miss Jenny Side, and we wish you luck in your future Patreon endeavors. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, so make sure if you want to join them, you can over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. But, but, like, what if they want to support us but get something, like, real, like, tangible? Tangible. Where they could do something like that? You mean something, like, comfy and cozy? Yeah. Mer- mm. I think you should go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Dot com. That's fine. They'll figure out the dot com. But there you can buy all of our wonderful merch, all of our shirts. Um, we've got... Cups, clothing, fun stuff for us. <laughs> I, it's mostly just shirts. <laughs> it's mostly just shirts, y'all, but... We got cups, <laughs> motherfucker! We got great cups like the, uh, the BS Boozy Sippy Cup. And uh, BS Tumblers. We've got a bunch of stuff available at merch.load. <laughs> we got shirts! We got cups! 
Cups and shit. And in addition to all that, we are, of course, also, as always, supported by Audible. That's right. Audible's where you can get over hundreds of thousands of audiobooks delivered straight to your phone, tablet, wherever you want to listen to it. You can get my books on it, Quiesel Corp, Quiesel Corp Risen, and then, of course, a book starring me and Blake, BS versus the Gods, is available for there, over there for you guys to check out. And you can get one completely for free by going to audibletrial.com slash BS Network. Gives you a free 30-day trial of Audible. You get a free audiobook with that, so you can get any of mine completely for free. It supports us. You get something for free. It's a win-win at patreon.com slash a load of BS. So what now? What now, Mr. Host Boy? Um, if you'll let me take a second to talk, sir. What are we gonna do? Um, so, now that we've kind of gone through the play, also, by the way, in the original 1960s film, the plant was just called Audrey Jr. Ah, oh, that's not as fun. No. Um, but now we're gonna take it, and we're gonna make our own production of Little Shop of Horrors. We're gonna get the cast, we're gonna build the sets, we'll make it, put it on stage, and be beautiful. Does it have to be modern day actors? Because I am really Phoebe. Oh fuck! What's her name? I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But the girl who plays Phoebe on Friends, I want her oh. to be Audrey. She'd be a very good Audrey. Yeah. I let's say you have carte blanche to pull anyone from any time. Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow is uh, is Audrey. She does kind of have that like. From just seeing her as Phoebe on Friends, she's kind of got that attitude that you think could bring you could bring to an Audrey and have an enjoyable performance. Either that, or if we want to go full like, if we want to go full modern day, a revival. I know it's a it's not the same. I kind of like Kristen Shaw. That's the voice of uh, of Louise from Bob's Burgers. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yep, yeah, I see it. I think she would be a fun, weird kind of choice for it. And then Will Forte is... <laughs> no, um... Actually, I did have this thought before the show, if we want to do... Because I think Kristen Shaw would be our hipster version. Mm. Whereas our handsome boy version would definitely have Jesse Eisenberg playing the role of Seymour. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's solid. I I like this hipster approach though. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. take out Jesse Eisenberg. I'm putting back in. Oh, 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 oh! This would be a fun one. Kate Micucci. R- okay. Kate Micucci for Audrey. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because he played a very dentist-like character in another musical that he was in. But may I throw Nathan Fillion's hat in the ring for the dentist? The dentist? I would love that. He is a, he's a little bit older now, so you're just kind of bringing him back from the time machine? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I still think it'll work. We'll take him off that weird fucking rookie show he's doing now. It's <laughs> just like, thank God, I really didn't want to do that anymore. I'm really happy for this, guys. It's gonna be... I'm glad we're doing a series of... Oh, no, it's just a performance. Yeah. Just one. It's just one. Okay, so we've got Kate Micucci okay. as that... Who is our Seymour? 
Um, before we get to Seymour, I would like to throw in for um, Mr. Mushnick. Yeah. Because he is a fantastic theater man. And I don't think he's actually been in... Little Shop? No, he hasn't. Nathan Lane. Oh, shit, is Mr. Mushnick? Yeah. That would be really good. Because it's like, he... I mean, you know he's got he's got the pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah! Nathan Lane. Yeah. Mr. Mushnick. Um, uh, who else? There's really not that many, so we don't have to cast that much. No. Um, Who'd your doo-wop chorus be? That was the one I was just thinking about, and I don't know why. It's just because it's another chorus of beautiful singing women, but Destiny's Child did immediately come up in my head. <laughs> it's just Destiny's Child. Oh, my God. Uh, hold on. Hipster bands with three people. It's just the white stripes. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you brought back Destiny's Child, though... It wouldn't appeal to the hipster crowd we're going for. No. Now, Beastie Boys did come up. Hold on. Let's not worry about them right now. Let's solidify who our... Who our, um... Seymour is going to be. Mm, yeah. Because the Seymour is going to be really tough. John Mulaney keeps coming to mind, but I don't know if John Mulaney can sing. Yeah, I with most of this, I've just kind of been taken. This is in a perfect world where they can probably sing. Where they can... Maybe <clears throat> they can sing. Because... I know she did it on Friends, but I don't know what... Uh, Lisa Kudrow's range would be. Wait, who is Audrey, finally? It's Kate Micucci. Kate Micucci. I also don't know her range. Kate Micucci's, like, a higher pitch, so she could take on her role. Okay. I can see. Yeah. I mean, she's the gooch, so. She's the gooch. She can do anything. Oh, shit. Who the fuck is gonna be Audrey, too? Oh, hmm. no. This is a real tough one. This is. I, I know it doesn't make sense, but I'd love for that mouth to open and Nick Offerman's voice to come out. Feed me. Feed me, Seymour. Seymour, feed me. Feed me all night long. Okay. I've got an idea for Audrey, too. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna need you to follow me on this. Because I'm about... Here's the thing. I think we were going off of the all of the depictions of Audrey 2 before, and so that's led us down one road. I have found the intersection that takes us off in a completely different direction, and that is with a boy by the name of Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Feed me Seymour! Feed me all night long! By the time Audrey 2 gets fucking huge and can play the accordion... Yes! The worst thing is, I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's not bad. It's just. It's just not it. Oh, God. Look, I think it's we may a... have to settle with that one because it's going to get more buck wild from there because Lin Manuel was the next choice. 
and I don't want weird slam poetry coming out of Audrey 2's face. I would like to see Lin-Manuel play Seymour, though. Oh, man. Because he's such a precious person. No, can we do... Can we do a re- if we're gonna pull from Hamilton? Could we do a really nerdy David Diggs? I would love that. <laughs> there we go, baby. Okay. Oh. So we've got our cast. We have David Diggs, <laughs> fucking out of nowhere, I guess, as Seymour. We have Kate McCucci as um, Kate McCucci as Audrey. We have Weird Al Yankovic as Audrey, too. We had... Who was our dentist? Nathan Fillion, right? Yep. Fucking... <laughs> and then uh, Nathan Lane, the only real experienced Broadway actor here. Oh, wait, David. Wait, you got uh, David Dix. <laughs> hold on. Uh, as Mr. Mushnick. Mm-hmm. Are we forgetting anybody? Because otherwise it's all kind of just background people. It, it, okay. Who's who's gonna be the man in the chair? The man. Wait, hold on. Which part is that? The man in the dentist chair. Oh, oh just hurt me real good, doctor. Oh fuck! Shit, that's gotta be. It's gotta be someone who can. I got it. Didn't take me long at all, Eric Andre. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Eric Andre. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, there's no one else that it could be, man. You got it. I was going to say, yeah, because that's perfect. You got it in one because my only other option was going to be, hey, let's just pull Weird Al out of, out of the suit for a scene. <laughs> so, um, OK, so we've got that. We need our staging. Where do we change it to? New setting is Seattle because we're having to appeal to the hipster audience. OK. Um, you can't really change the fact that it's a plant shop unless you change what Audrey 2 is. No, I don't think we can do that. Are you sure we can't make her a giant coffee bean? Now, Scotty, I don't know if you know this right now, but since we're setting this in the great state of Washington, it doesn't have to be a plant shop in the way that we know it. <laughs> Because Audrey 2 is going to start out as the newest strain of weed from Seymour's head shop. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, it's from Mr. Kushnick's Kushnick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mr. Kushnick. Who we now have to change it now that it's weed based. I don't like Nathan Lane in that role anymore. Kushnick and son. No, Nathan Lane would be perfect. Are you sure? Yes. The really stoned Hannibal Burris. I like it, but there is nothing that would bring me more joy than to see Nathan Lane doing um, weed-based plant selling. If we're gonna pull the they can definitely sing in the universe we're creating, I'm gonna throw Kevin Smith's name in the hat. (laughs) I know we've already got it cast, but I do want to throw Kevin Smith's name in the hat for that. Okay, his name is in the hat. <laughs> yes, thank you. And that hat goes on the head of Nathan Lane, who is taking <laughs> the role. <laughs> and that, yep, that hat is going to go right on the fridge because it looks real nice. <laughs> okay, 
so it's a weed shop now. Audrey Two is a new strain of weed. Yep. The end. The ending definitely has to have him smoking Audrey Two. We have to change <laughs> that. It's so. It's like, but I know the one thing that'll really get on you. And then he just brings out an Elon Musk flamethrower. <laughs> and then the world gets really high. Oh, wait. Can that be what happens? Instead of, like, some weird botanist, it's Elon Musk. He, like, wants clippings from the plant. <laughs> I'm going on the Joe Rogan podcast soon. I need some shit. But he's the one that ends up saving us from the original ending because... Somehow he's like, hmm, something's not weird here. I think this plant's a pedophile. Can we can we just change the full plot and now we'd have to make an entirely new play where if you smoked Audrey 2, you get, like, hypnotized and she can control you? <laughs> I was going to say, well, if you've smoked the final product, you just turn into an Audrey 2. No, no, no. Okay, here we go. This one, we don't have to change that much. If you smoke the herb created by her, you walk immediately to her and feed yourself to her. Mmm. So that's what's going to happen when Audrey 2 comes in. It's like, mmm, Audrey, take a little whiff of this. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's what it is. She's at home in her apartment. Okay, that's the scene where he lures her back for supper time or whatever. She's in her apartment lighting up, but she doesn't realize that what she has is clippings from Audrey 2. Because mm. she, like, Audrey 2 replaced some bags earlier in the day. <laughs> um, and actually, so, how about if we change this? Um, you got the, no, never mind. I don't want to change the dentist's death. Oh, what? Like, he got too high on weed? I was gonna say, yeah, he, he just gets really fucking high before he does the deed, and Seymour just sneaks in some of the Audrey bud. No, I like the idea that he does not like weed. I like oh. the idea that he does not like weed because it gives people munchies, and then they eat a lot of candy, and it gives them cavities, and he hates it. No, he would love that, though. Oh, yeah, shit. He's like, that's more work for me. I love the weed. And that means I get more pain to cause. God. I'm the weed man. Okay, so we've got the weed. We've got the weed thing. Is there anything we need to change otherwise? No, I think we hit it. We hit it out of the park with the weed thing. Yeah, so costuming, kind of all hemp-based. Hemp-based, yep. At some point, they start making clothes out of Audrey too. Yeah, so... Maybe that's what Elon wants to do. Makes the clothes around... Like, makes Audrey 2 clothes, and you wear them, and they turn into Audrey 2s and eat you. Oh, shit. And that's what causes the original ending. Yep. But then Doc Brown comes in at the end. <laughs> He's like, Listen, this is why the timelines diverge, Marty. Marty, we gotta save... We gotta save the dentist. We've got, wait, what the fuck? Why wait, did we have to go Doc, that far Doc, why do we gotta save the dentist? I, I thought we just kind of changed things around and burned the plant down. Yeah, but I really like the dentist. I really like Nathan Fillion, Marty. He was great in Dr. Horrible. I also mean forget to save Nathan Lane, too. All right, how are we going to handle our set? Fuck me. So. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I like the idea that 
you got three panels. You got one on each side that represents the city streets outside. Main center is going to be the actual Kushnik. Yep. And there's like a removable brick panel in the back that uh, after Act 2 is, or after Act 1 is removed, and that's where Big Audrey sits for the whole play. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. Just go all out. Put it all on a giant turntable. And during um, the intermission, just turn it around. So the entirety of Kushnik's changes to look like a better, more opulent store. Okay, I like that as well. Um, I like the idea that the puppet is no longer a puppet. It's a massive suit that someone has to wear. Who did we pick to be? Oh, it's weird. It's just Weird Al with green face paint. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's for the bow. That's for the curtain call. Is Weird Al walks out, but he has face paint on and like a wig. (laughs) Fuck. fuck. What else do you need to do a play? Lights, I guess. Lights, it's all green lighting. Like, that's yeah, not interesting. It's Everything's just green. There is going to be so many posters outside that say, warning, use of fog effects in this play. Oh, there's going to be a lot of fog, if you know what I mean. This and is it's the- not really fog. We do just burn a lot of the good stuff and pump it in. Also, this is the first play where vaping is not banned. It's actually encouraged to add to the ambiance. So we're turning this whole stage into a hot box. Yes, we're turning the entire theater into a hot box. <sighs> I like it. Um, shit, is there anything else we need? I feel like now that we have that, we should change up cast a little bit, but I think we spent five hours on that, so I don't want to do that again. Oh, we've yeah, we've been going for over an hour now, which is great because I was originally shooting for 45 minutes. Yeah, so. boy. No, I think that's it. So, Little Shop of Horrors. A lot of other themes and stuff that we didn't get into, but fuck it. Yeah, (laughs) I think you had, like, a very serious theatrical, like, what were the themes in this that you enjoyed? And then you were like, oh, fuck, that's right, Scotty's my guest. Uh Well, that and I just had that just in case. Yeah. (laughs) That was just, like, a worst-case scenario. All right, we did good. Thanks. Play over. And as we say at the end of every episode of Play On, our tagline, take a bow. Play it again. It's called Play It Again, Blake. Also, no, I it opens up, on Twitter at Scotty Bow. Yeah, it opens up with Play It Again, but at the end, it's Take a Bow. No, you called the show Play On. It's Play It Again now. <laughs> Have you been, you sound like you've been to Kushnik's recently, Blake. Are you good? Yeah, I like Play It Again better, though, so we're going to do that at the front, and then we're gonna, in the back end, it's going to be Take a Bow. Okay. Um, so, now that the ad, the podcast I wanted to do is over, let's do our outros. Alright, so Blake, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can also find me at Blake A. Tanner on Instagram, and you can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, the Quasal Corp Trilogy, MBS versus the Gods, or pick them up on Audible, audibletrial.com slash BS Network. Check that out. Check out all the other shows at a load of purebs.com. And remember to support on the Patreon or by picking up some merch. And remember to rate, comment, subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, take a bow. Take a bow. Take a bow. (laughs) 